0: Welcome back, listeners, to Turning Little Stones. We're calling this episode Words, 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 and it really is an amazing subject to tune into. And we will be returning to it in different ways over time. I'm joined by Joe, who's a dear friend and colleague, and we trained together a few years back. Welcome to Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. As a parent, experienced childcare professional and early years consultant, I get how much we dream good things for our children. We start out hopeful and confident, and yet somehow the daily reality can feel more like a grind than a gift. And so we easily miss out on the joys of these fleeting early years. Over time, I've come to realize that to give our children the best start in life, we first need to recognize what's going on inside them, in secret. There is some great research out there, and my heart is to make some of this relatable for everyone. And so throughout these weekly podcasts, I hope that whoever you are, parent, family carer, childminder, practitioner, anyone who spends time with young children can take a moment each week to reinterpret what our children are doing and why. And by doing so, I have seen countless exasperated, bewildered, exhausted carers become re-energised and inspired as they find easy ways to connect with what their young children are naturally eager to do. A little like turning over a pebble in a rock pool to discover a hidden world tucked away. We, too, will look at our children with fresh eyes and delight in being part of their journey. Welcome back to Turning Little Stones. And in today's episode, I have got the absolute joy of meeting an old friend and colleague, Jo, Jo Parrott, who I'm, well, I know she is going to be recording a set of delving a little deeper with, with us soon, um, which we're hoping to be airing in the, in the new year. But no, Joe, introduce yourself. I say you, you're a colleague, we, we, you learnt with me, you studied yeah. with me and trained with me. And then you ended up as manager at one of our, our settings before you segued into something <laughs> a bit different. Yes. So, um, hi. I'm Jo.
1: Um, I am a curate, which is like a trainee vicar at a church in Hasted in Essex. Um, I like Caroline. I've known Caroline since I was nineteen, which is twenty-five years. I (laughs) know. I know. So, um, what happened in those times? But um, yes, I. I uh, first met Caroline when my mum suggested that I should go and visit her nursery, which at the time was six children. <laughs> you the conservatory at the mark house. And um, oh, I, could, I could tell you loads about that. But it was, um, I went and um, it genuinely did change my life. Genuinely did change my life. Um, I just thought it was wonderful and um you were very kind and took me on and taught me and encouraged me to train um, and um, which eventually I got through and um, and had a wonderful time working at Oakley and um, then I had my first boy Isaac and
2: um, here we are three children and a husband later
0: fabulous <laughs> fabulous and this subject it's just an opportunity for us to focus on words and the power of words Um, let's just start off very very briefly maybe remembering some words that were maybe spoken over us that weren't very nice my dimples I had we still have dimples and uh, in my cheeks and and Somebody very cruelly pointing them out in a very cruel way, and really it took me till my twenties to yeah. not dislike my dimples um, because they hurt. Yeah. I guess we can all think of something similar absolutely oh, yes i like
1: countless stories of things that you remember from childhood particularly, but, um, but I remember reading very recently um this that there was that I have understood now that the brain holds on to something negative um, in an instant, whereas a positive something has to be spoken over you or to you, about 15 times. You know, we've all had those experiences where we read, uh, we hear a bit of feedback after a job interview or, you know, remember a school report from school and we always remember the negative. Do we? And yeah, we do that um it might be 99% positive, but we'll just remember that one yeah. thing. And yeah. yeah, words are incredibly powerful. I remember my head of sick form referring to me once as a snarling mouse. And uh, I think I think I think it was because I never said much in class and then he um we were we were in a particular class and I uh, decided to speak up because it was something that I had a, a, an opinion, a, quite a strong opinion about, so um, I think he was a bit taken aback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, beware Joe Parrot, the <laughs> snarling <laughs> mouse. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's be honest now, uh, because we are all humans and um, children have a great propensity to press our buttons um, and irritate us. So I think even if we look back, even in the last week, whether we're practitioners or parents or carers of any description, we can call to mind something that we might have said that maybe we wish we hadn't, or maybe it was on the tip of our tongue to say it. Um, We crucially managed not to say it, but we know it was only a second or two in the making, really. So Um, Yeah, I I just think this isn't about making us feel guilty or shaming us or in any way at all, but my own heart is if we recognise what we would tend to do naturally and we can notice it and name it, There's an opportunity there for us to perhaps change it. And one of the ways we've worked out over the years is almost like a a set of phrases that we can kind of lean on. Yeah. um, In those moments. I think... um...
1: I think what you've just said is is really important. It would be very easy, and I know that I do it when listening to, to things like this, to think, oh, gosh, that, you know, these people who I'm listening to, you must have it all sorted. And um, can't tell you how far that is from the truth. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the things that we're discussing, the tools that we're trying to talk about and introduce maybe are things that... You know, I have to remind myself to do every day, and this is stuff that I learned 25 years ago. Mm. Um, it's not, it's not easy to do, and um, you know, you might have those moments where you manage to do it, and you feel like you're absolutely smashing it today, and then there'll be other times uh, where life is life, and you're trying to cook and hear someone read and do, and you know feed the baby or whatever it is at the same mm. time. Mm. And you just, you hear yourself saying something that you wish you didn't. It's really important that we're all in this together. Yeah. We're all learning together. Yeah. And, um, and we're
0: all doing our best, so um, yeah. So we just offer yeah. this with, yeah. with open hearts really and open hands. This yeah. is an offering that we've found helpful over the years. Yeah. I suppose in one sense it's, it's learning how to phrase things in a more positive way yeah. or to take away from our language the things that we don't want them to do. So uh, something called nudge theory. So if I were able to, um, well, I'll say to you, don't think of Prince Harry
2: yeah.
0: as was. Don't think of him. Yeah. Who have you got in your head? Prince Harry. Exactly. Um, and that's what we do with our children all the time. Yeah. Stop running. Yeah. Stop shouting. Yeah. All of those things, we're we're almost reinforcing what well, we are because we're naming it. We're reinforcing the negative.
2: I remember being a child and thinking to myself, when I grow up, I'm never going to answer my children with, because I said so. or um, And I know I've done it. I know I've done it because there's those moments of just sheer exasperation. And um, another one, can you please just do what I've asked you to do? And sometimes just just maybe even just, no, just no. <laughs> You know, it doesn't even have to be just considered or thought through, just a, a reaction, a response where no language is considered at all, good or bad, just frustration and my own emotion coming out. Um, so, yeah, my goodness, every day, um, it's very easy to you know when you've had a good night's sleep and things are going well and the children are doing what you've asked them to do and all the rest of it to 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 use the right language and everything to be fine but when the stress starts to come in when um in the in a setting when somebody's called in sick and you haven't got cover or when um a a child is really struggling, but not only really struggling um, for them, but making you struggle because your buttons are just being pushed again and again. Yes. Those are the times when the language that I learned all those years ago have um, has really come into its own because I'm not good at holding it together in those moments so it's nice to have some kind of stock phrases Mm. in the back that Mm. I know are safe to use Mm. and then when I can move away from the children I can let out whatever vocabulary I need to (laughs) but in that moment um, of utter frustration where I know that I could switch and um, and whether it be 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 snippy Mm. or be uh condescending or impatient or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um i find here you go personal confession number one um that when i get frustrated sarcasm can come into it Mm -hmm. and that can be really really harmful Mm -hmm. i know it can Mm um and that's that's nothing I'd ever want to put on my children. So it's something that, um, yeah, some of those phrases that I learned how to use all those years ago, that's when they can be helpful.
0: Thank you, Jo. That's so, so helpful. It might be a good idea to perhaps think up a, a scenario, something that's real for all of us. Because you're right, I... I can hear as a manager I can hear how the stress is building so a practitioner could say to and a parent say to their child in a very lovely sweet way please could you go and wash your hands please can you go and wash your hands no you we've got to wash our hands before we have a snack please will you go and wash your hands and the strain yeah. comes into your voice and the body language changes please could you go and wash your hands yeah, absolutely. and and we repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and we believe that the child is being utterly defiant and that is what you describe beautifully as having pressing your buttons yeah. um those irritation buttons so I'm just just wondering about uh, maybe a child who's charging around inside. Yeah. Charging around in a place where they really shouldn't. Yeah. So what we'd like to do is just share some of these phrases that you've mentioned. So what would we say first in that situation, because running isn't wrong. No, running not. is a key skill. <laughs> we like runners. Um, you know, we we give them gold medals at the Olympics. <laughs> so, so you yeah, know, running is fine. Yeah. But running in this space at this time is not yeah. okay. So, what would we say in that instant? So, in that context,
2: um, I would stop the child as in not stop them but just go to them and um get into a place where we can engage with each other and just say hey you are you're
0: running yeah just 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 that celebrate with without any negativity in your voice yeah just you're running You know, it's a statement, it's fact. Yeah. Nothing about it being in the wrong place or stop or don't, just name the behaviour. So you're running, do you know we can run outside? Should we go outside or should we go into this room and we can run? But we find a way for them to behave in a way that they are, they are running, but actually we find a different space for that to be manageable and allowable. Absolutely. Outside is a good one, outside is a great one, but we probably need spaces inside as well that they can run in or they can do this behaviour in. And we will come to other examples in a minute. Um, Um... but yeah running running is great. You can actually make a a running track with mats, you know those lovely jigsaw mats that clip together. you could put them into a square and make it into a running track. That could be a good context wouldn't it yeah
2: absolutely I think context is really, really important as well, from the point of view that if you are um, a single parent with you know i'm in and incredibly blessed in that I have a home to live in which is provided to me by my work um, which means that we have space my children have a garden to run around in and one of the things that I was incredibly aware of during the lockdown time is if you're a single parent with however many children and you're in a flat or in, if you're in a space that doesn't have that and they are going to be because how could they not be bouncing off the walls how do you then like you say provide that um environment and and so you do kind of have to um sometimes be imaginative with what's allowable one of the things that we um used to do was to um, have uh, periods of the day which were cushions off. Um, So all cushions came off the sofa and it was rough and tumble time. It was a time to express any physical rambunctiousness that had just been suppressed and held all day because you couldn't go anywhere to being able um, to to kind of give them permission um, within a boundary of safety that was mine to worry about without saying to them be careful of this, don't do that, don't do the other, it was let's do this now
0: yeah. and we could go nuts yeah. um, and we did <laughs> So, thank you for saying that. That's so important. And these these thoughts, yes, we're learning the phrases, but sometimes it takes us a while to discover what that place is going to be, what what the appropriate space for that behaviour is going to be. Again, we'll come to other examples in a minute. So we've got naming the action you're running now it's we can run in this space and show them where that is and then do it together ideally together that's that's the best if adult and child or group of children can charge around in this space and have fun um that is brilliant because then we can celebrate hey this is just the right place for us to run great running you know I didn't realize you could go so fast you're catching me up whatever but you're you're celebrating that in in a very factual way it's not just well done it's uh what are you doing where are you doing Ah, awesome um yeah that's that's great and then after a while after that has become something that we've done several times then all we need to do another time like time six (laughs) um we just need to say hey you're running do you remember where the best place to run is yeah and we redirect them with that phrase yeah, I think that's. Good. Let's choose some trickier examples. Um, <laughs> come on, let's try. Uh, what about hitting or or kicking? Because little ones do hit and kick. Yes, things they and do do that each other.
2: Absolutely. So, um, in that instance, I think again, I'd want to name the behaviour. But as you said before, not your hitting. But you're hitting. We might go and find a cushion. We might go and find a drum. We might find a box. We might, you know, whatever it might be. But explore with the child and have a conversation with the child. What do you think we could hit safely? And at this point, I do want to acknowledge that um you do feel like a right idiot when you first start using this language. <laughs> like I have to and I don't mean I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I remember when we were first talking about it, I I thought, well it I can see the logic, but it felt it felt it felt twee and un um unnatural. Um because it's It is something that we have to learn and be thoughtful about and it's taken a really long time and I still now 25 years whatever it is years on and with my own children constantly have to remind myself and uh, think about it it is something to um, that doesn't it doesn't come naturally to anyone I don't think to to speak in these terms so um so yeah for anyone who's thinking oh my goodness does anybody (laughs) actually talk like that
0: um yeah but it takes some practice (laughs) in turning little stones we're about getting to know our children we're about turning over a stone to see what's going on underneath and for me the reason this works is because all our children are high, hardwired to behave in a certain way, some are pinchers, some are kickers, some are hitters, some are biters, um, some are runners, oh I remember one little boy at uh, oh, the nursery where you ended up as manager at that nursery where where you were he did nothing but jump up and down from the moment he he just jumped everywhere. It was like he had springs, and and it was a little bit irritating. You know, you asked him to go for lunch, he jump, 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 jump. It was cute, but not not easy to deal with. But that was something in his little body that needed to behave in that way. But again, jumping isn't wrong. None of these things are wrong. They just need a place where they can perform those actions properly. Um, um, And I guess that is something that is probably the hardest in this is thinking at the end of the day or at the end of whatever has happened. Okay, so my child has just hit another child and I'm so embarrassed about it. I didn't know what to do. Okay, so what can I find in the house, outside the house? in the bag that I take everywhere with me so if he shows an inclination to hit again I've got something I can quickly pull out of my bag and say come on let's hit this
2: yeah
0: um yeah I think that may that's probably the hardest I mean even as a team of uh, yeah people working together we would have to scratch our heads yeah for that's some so things easy. didn't we yeah definitely biters we had that was we did it we did it and and I think what tell me what the joy of it you know if we do manage it and we get there what what good news stories can you recall
2: I remember a little boy who um who just he wanted He was a runner. He was a runner. And he was always charging around the classroom. Um, And he couldn't... He he wanted to um, do some of the things that were on the shelves, some of the activities. Um, And it was just like his body wouldn't let him. He couldn't this this desire to run thinking about it now I've got no idea where he lived it would be interesting to know kind of the space Mm -hmm. of that but but he just couldn't um his body couldn't let him be still and he would get so frustrated because he would try he would be drawn towards something he would try and pick it up and he'd be You could see him all shaking with it and he'd he'd drop it and run off again. And um, I remember watching him this one day and he'd picked up some of the materials and he'd picked up some um, sandpaper numbers. And I remember also actually his his uh, one of his parents on a parent's evening saying how worried she was that he was going to be going up to school um, and, as we hear a lot, didn't know how to write his name, he didn't know how to count to ten or whatever. And that's what she'd thought because he didn't have, uh, perceivably, the concentration to to do it. Actually... Um, he was looking at these sandpaper letters and I went to him and I said, shall we take this outside? And I sat, I positioned myself in one place in the garden, we had this beautiful big garden and um, I uh, had two sets and I hid the numbers around the garden and then we traced them he came and sat next to me we traced them so we traced number one we said one and um I said right now go find me one and he ran off and he ran to find his number one and then he came back and we we worked from there and he went from one to ten in 20 minutes and he knew his numbers but he needed to run and just that change of environment allowed him to do it we were giving him permission by acknowledging that he was running that he needed to run but we could see his interest his desperation to engage with something else and yet he needed to do
0: both um that's a beautiful story and a lovely one to sort of begin to draw an end and I guess it's an opening for this subject because we will revisit it over and over and over again. In Turning Little Stones, we're about looking again, just like you did with this little boy. You could see that he wanted to engage with whatever was on the shelves, but he couldn't do it in quite the same way as everyone else. For now. Absolutely. And my guess is, in two, three months' time before he started school, that would have changed. Yeah. you know, And, and especially now, when, when children do start school so, so early, um, many of them just four, sometimes that little body hasn't quite adjusted. Um, um, and we can do one of two things. We can either squash it, yeah. <laughs> force them to learn these numbers, indoors in the same way as everyone else or do what you've done i suppose what we want to say right at the end then is and the show notes will will have it in more detail name the behavior yeah it gives you time gives you as the adult time to control yourself <laughs> if those buttons are being pushed so yeah just just name what it is without any crossness in your voice Find a way as quickly as you possibly can, hopefully in an instant, to name where that behaviour can be carried out. And then do it together and celebrate where they're doing it and how they're doing it. Enjoy it. And then it won't be the next time. It won't be after two, three, four or five times. (laughs) But when you know that they really know where to do that... That's great. They can do it again. You can just point them or, or, or say, hey, you're running. Do you remember? Yeah. And they're off. Absolutely. Because they know and they want to please. They're not wanting to irritate. They want to please.
2: And I, oh gosh, I remember that. And I, I we, we talked about how it doesn't come naturally at first, but um, even with uh, my nine-year-old this morning, He was absolutely, he was jumping all over our bed. And I found myself saying, you're jumping. You want to jump. Why don't we go on the trampoline? Mm. And it's, Mm. you know, these are tools. And what's what's really interesting as well is that you, um, after a while, whether it's in a setting or as a parent and between siblings, you will hear them mimicking it. Yes. And that is just the best thing. When they start doing your job for you. (laughs) And because they're hearing the language and, of course, they're so much better at it than we are anyway. Mm -hmm. um, It's just, that's, that's really special.
0: Give it a go, listeners. Just try even one or two little things. Get the show notes. Have another listen. And uh, just try it out and see what happens. So thank you very much. Until next time. And thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we hope you're left with some food for thought and ideas to try. You might like to subscribe to our podcasts on your preferred platform and follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Why not head over to our website, www.turninglittlestones.co.uk, where you'll find show notes for each episode, previous podcasts, blogs, and even details on how to delve a little deeper. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and let us know if there's an area that you would like us to cover. So finally, thank you for every like, share, comment, encouragement, and of course, for listening. Until next time, goodbye.